Curtis kicks us off with a speech, and then we just kind of jump into the show. I forgot you want a speech. I genuinely keep forgetting. Curtis. 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 Speech. We come together once a week to do one thing. And that one thing is win. And by win, I mean have a scattershot conversation about Frasier. Welcome to Reverse Psychology, the Fraser Rewatch podcast, where we go backwards for every episode of the show. Tonight, we're covering Season 10, Episode 12, The Harass, which originally aired on January 14th, 2003. Is this when we finally find out if Julia is the bad guy? We'll find out. I'm your host, Curtis Shack. Joining me as always, it's our resident upside-downer, it's Ryan Sansone. You're looking very professional today, Ryan. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Can you see me? I was excited to be here until I found out you had a camera in my home. Who are we harassing? I'm excited. Also with us today is our non-stimulating beverage. It's Bradley Kirkston. You're looking very professional today, Brad. Thank you. I understand how to take a compliment, unlike my co-host, Ryan Sansone. I just felt like you were coming on a little strong there, Kurt. I would like to point out, somebody like me, to call them non-stimulating, that's a real big compliment. Also joining us today is a very special guest. It's Sneha Kogan. Nice high beam, Sneha. <laughs> thank you thank you for having me i am privileged and honored to be part of the show tonight first off we're really honored that you're joining us all the way from the country known as texas but it is even right. more important because we don't actually know what we're doing we're a season and a half in and <laughs> and we could use some more professionalism so that's why we brought you in because when we think professionalism we think sneha we're hoping oh, you can lead yeah. a harassment seminar for us <laughs> Oh, that's going to be good. For the millions and millions of listeners to the show, we have known Sneha for a very, very, very long time. So she has seen us at our best and at our worst. And one of them she's seen more than often. <laughs> for the record, the distance between our best and our worst is a lot shorter than you'd hope. It's not that much, yeah. It is about a 40-year <laughs> dash in the NFL, if that. It is as long as the Cowboys presented a game at the playoff the other day. So. <laughs> I like that was months ago by the time this episode launches, but yes. People will have forgot the Cowboys existed by that point. Correct. People in Dallas haven't. Well. <laughs> so Sneha, you have absolutely no history with Frazier, is that correct? Correct, until tonight. Before you watched the episode, what did you think of, like, you'd heard of the show, I assume. Yeah, yeah, I did. I knew it was a very popular show in the 90s. I knew it was about a psychologist. Excuse me, psychiatrist. Okay, psychiatrist. There you don't go. Be that way. Don't be that way, Kurt. <laughs> Technical. <laughs> Who was uppity, Kind of like how Curtis was, you know, just correcting. <laughs> yes. I, I knew Fraser Crane had a reputation of being, you know, always needing to be the smartest person in the room. Oh, so you actually knew a lot about him, I feel like. And I also knew that it was supposed to be a comedy. Your use of the word supposed to be really is telling about where this episode's going to go. <laughs> Were you excited to try it? Were you like, I might get to this show someday anyway? Or you're like, I would have never have watched it if it weren't for this podcast. I would not have watched it if it wasn't for this podcast. Because here's why, here's why. If I was watching the show in 1993 or late 90s, whenever the episode aired, I, I think I would have been into it. But now that I've seen so much over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, there's just been really good TV. And I, I know people are gonna hate me i know you're about to get hate mail saying how dare she why do you have her i mean it's just not scratching the itch you're gonna get so much hate mail watch out don't even open that inbox <laughs> here's the thing hate mail would be a step up we'd love to get any mail you can get it sneha at sneha at gmail.com i assume i don't know <laughs> i'm about to get so many people slide into my dm and tell me to go kill myself you're you're in good company though i when i first watched fraser i was like what are we doing here the this is not what I signed up for. Can we talk about what got you guys into Frasier? Easy. This podcast is the only reason I've watched Frasier. Uh, <laughs> me and Curtis uh, have always been fans. And almost about a year ago now, I rewatched the whole entire series. This was on Brad's quest to finish all of the, the, all of the 2000 shows. And Curtis watched this with his mom all the time. Yeah, this is Curtis's oh, mom's favorite okay. show. Yeah. So there's nostalgia. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I can I can appreciate that. Curtis's mom made all of her sons watch this show with her. <laughs> you make it sound darker than it is she just put it on then she locks the door and then she said she said you guys aren't eating till you've watched your fraser i love that i want to do that with my daughter and want to and another tv what's show. the show though what is the show that you hope to be i force watch my kid yeah yeah, yeah yeah i think it would be the office when she's you know able to grasp a 
comedy. When she's like seven. Yeah. <laughs> I was worried you were going to say like dance moms or something horrible. <laughs> Office isn't bad. I mean, I don't put it past myself, honestly. There's <laughs> dates. But no, yeah, I, I, I love it. Love it. Thank you for sharing your origin stories. I got some questions about this episode in particular. Julia, she's a central person of this episode, right? Do you know how far into Frasier we are? Like, do you have a good sense season-wise, episode-wise? I'm told season 10, episode uh, 12, I believe. Do you know how long Frasier went? Like, do you know how many seasons it went? Was it 20? 20! Well, close. The Frasier surprisingly good hey, answer. No one, no one clarify. So how many episodes do you think Julia is in? Since I think you probably worked out that this is her first episode. Oh, is this her first one? Okay. She meets Frasier in this episode. <laughs> I thought there was a backstory with somebody else in prior right. episodes. Fine, great. So how many episodes do you think she's in total? Oh my gosh. I mean, where does her trajectory go is my question. I'm not answering that. I want, I want to <laughs> I guess. I want to hear what you think based on what you saw with this episode. I want to say they end up together. So probably like two, Whoa. three seasons. Okay. And you, these are 24 episodes. So you think she's in like, you think she's in like 75 episodes, 50 episodes, <laughs> 70 episodes. 50, 50, 60. 50, 60. It's a fair guess. Great. It feels like it. I don't think Boy. we should tell it to the end. No. Yeah. I think, I think we should start talking about the show. Yeah. We open with radio waves beaming out of the Space Needle. Julia finally arrives at KACL to take over 10 minutes of Fraser's show with her finance reporting. She instantly offends Rizzo by asking for coffee. What a character who's going to have 49 more episodes. We finally get to meet her. This is it, Kurt. No more Julia. We should just get rid of her. Yeah. This is what you love. They're starting the episode at work at the radio station. From like an admin standpoint, this was great. We're at work. We're meeting Julia. We know we're not going to see her ever again, even though Sneha thinks we're going to see her one to two more times. <laughs> I thought the first scene with Julia itself was a pretty clear indicator of the fact that, okay, she's going to have a strong personality. She's going to be somebody that is going to butt heads with Frasier and it's just going to be that antithesis to what Frasier is. Like, even without the Julia part, like, w were you surprised that we were in a radio station? Like, did you have any idea what was going on? Or did you feel comfortable right away? That's right. You don't know anything. I don't know. So I felt comfortable right away because then I kind of put two and two together and figured, oh, he's a psychologist or sorry, psychiatrist. <laughs> nice, yeah. I was advising people on mental health. <laughs> At a radio station out of Seattle. I really appreciate that because sometimes I think we forget how clearly obvious this show is. So getting your perspective is super helpful to know that this show is incredibly obvious. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what that means. Maybe that's why the jokes don't land so well on me. That's <laughs> exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys notice that when Frazier was like introducing Julia, he said Julia very weirdly. It was like, Julia, Julia. Say it one more he time. was Bernie Sanders? Julia. That's <laughs> what he said. Is. That Julia? is a good Bernie Sanders. No. That's a good one. It's not Bernie Sanders. In fact, I think 30 years from now when Brad gets older, I for sure believe that he'll sound like Bernie Sanders without the <laughs> Northeastern accent. When I edit this episode, I'm just going to, whatever Brad says, I'm just going to replace all of his words with Bernie Sanders talking. <laughs> I reject the idea. I really do. I am very good at impersonations, so we'll see how we'll see if I do it later. Feel the burn with Bernie Kirkston. You should be Braddy Sanders. Wow. Braddy Sanders. Sanders. Braddy Sanders. Although I do think you've lost the voice immediately. Yeah, he's back to Barney. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so questionable credibility for Julia. This is the most exciting thing we've heard about her in a long time. I didn't see yeah. that coming at all. No information we learned about her do they talk about in any other episode. I did appreciate that. Never comes up again. Never comes again. <laughs> Kenny, throughout the episode, he'll talk about how litigious she is and how much he's afraid of her suing um, and how we have to treat her with kid gloves. Why did he hire her if he's so afraid of her? After he she sued, it's what, MSNBC? MSNBC, yeah. Or no, CNBC. C sorry, big difference. I mean, why not? <laughs> like the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> Almost the same. Why did he hire her? There's a lot of reasons you could tackle there. Uh, he doesn't know he's, what he's incompetent. Doing. Yeah, yeah. She's attractive. She's been on a real show. Like attraction doesn't matter on the radio. It does for Kenny, I suppose. Well, and you're right. It is true that while she is disgraced at CNBC for this tiny little station in Seattle, she probably is a bit of a guest. Do you realize if we if we could get somebody disgraced from CNBC, we would drop Brad in a heartbeat. We sure would. You got to talk about that. So replace me with Don Lemon. I'm going to just go on a limb here. I assume he's listening to this. Don Lemon, <laughs> open invitation. I would replace Brad with any lemon. <laughs> 
Can you imagine if we got Liz Lemon? It'd be the best. Oh my god. Be <laughs> oh best. my god. It's game over. All right, cheesy blasters. You take a hot dog, stuff it with some jack cheese, fold it in a pizza. You got cheesy blasters. And then all the kids say, Thanks, Meat Cat. And then Meat Cat flies away on his um skateboard. How about a Meyer How do you feel about Meyer lemons? I said uh, just a physical lemon. It's a type of lemon. <laughs> I would definitely replace you with a, a fruit. Ah. Uh... Brad, I am once again asking you to not make these jokes. Was that your Bernie Sanders? That's pretty good. That's one of the things that bothers me. That's much better yeah. than Brad's, than, than Braddy. I think that was almost on point. It was pretty good. You sounded a little too warm, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You, you won't understand any of this because you didn't see any of the other episodes. But every episode <laughs> that Julia's been in, Roz has been anti-Julia. She's been kind of instigating uh, fighting with Julia throughout this season. So this was the episode. We are waiting to see what does Julia do that so offends Roz that Roz is like vitriolic to her from here on out. Do you think you could get me some coffee, Rizzo? It's Roz. Super. Two creams. Thanks. I want to know, do you think this warranted all we saw? I want Sneha to answer first. I don't even know how to answer that. Seeing this scene and the way she treats Roz, do you think that is enough for Roz to treat her as a mortal enemy that she will take every opportunity to, to attack? I think so. I would say yes. I mean, can we get to the tail end? Can I talk about the tail end of the episode? We'll, ju- we'll jump right. around. So, That's fine. Let's jump around a little bit. We're jumping around. So here's my here's my psychology on what's going on there. Ooh. Women, as much as we want to support other women in the workplace, when we find ourselves not as the only woman in a core group, there's a sense of somebody's here to replace me. The, the, the insecurities just ramp up, right? Mm-hmm. Which, okay, now I'm taking my, I'm, I'm eating my words about what an obvious comedy this is, right? It's not sticking with me. <laughs> but I guess here's the genius of the show. I think that, I think the director's probably trying to show that the insecurity is coming off as attack from Ross because she tends to be more blunt and direct and she's not feeling it. Or, or, or. You've already nailed it. Really? I, I, I got another one. I got another one. Oh, no. Or. Could it be that Roz followed this Julia's advice to day trade, to get out of debt, or to retire and lost a bunch of money? You think she read day trade your way out of debt? I think that's what happened. Her hate predates the show? Not to question the fact that, you know, the producers and the directors probably got into the psyche of a woman who feels insecure and threatened by the presence of another possibly successful woman, but I think the more obvious... Could it be both? To be clear, I think... All of the behind the scenes people who were writing these women and directing these women, almost all of them were men. So let's let's get well, that out of the there way. There you go. Which which tells me that it's definitely the latter, which is she lost money day trading following <laughs> Julia. And to be clear, you think it has it has nothing to do with the coffee thing or calling her Rizzo or I think it all has to do with coffee. No, I'm asking oh, I don't know, but it feels like for Ross to be ticked off for as long as she was, it has to be something deeper. Mm. That's okay. You know what? Dang, Sneha, dang, you came in and nailed it. All about reverse psychology, y'all. And she name drops the show. Lock it in, <laughs> So you can't cut it. We'll see you next week, Sneha. <laughs> I did love when she caught her Rizzo. So disappointing that it never came up in another episode. You don't think the writer could have added that in any of the other episodes with the two of them in it? No. Okay. <laughs> Real props to Julia because she's she goes from this getting into it with Frazier, getting into it with Roz, and then just boom, right into her her show, and she crushes it. Unlike we've ever seen out of Frazier, for the record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I've said this all season. Julia is all business. And and she she's well she'll state it later in this episode. It's not rudeness. It's indifference. I'm sorry I'm not joining your bowling team, but this is just a pit stop for me. She just does not care about these people or this place. It's just a job, yeah. I frankly love that about her. She gets in, she does her work, and that's all she wants to do. Exactly. At the coffee shop, Rizzo and Frazier complain to Kenny about Julia. Rizzo correctly guesses he will eventually hit on her. Frazier goes up to Julia to connect emotionally, but indifference is her only emotional state. Yeah, Roz really gets that's for sure. He, she really understands what he, how he's going to handle the situation. Maybe they should end up together. <laughs> oh, <Whoa>. oh. <laughs> yes, crushing it again, Sneha. Crushing it again. So it comes back to the point earlier. I said this show pretty obvious, but continue. <laughs> they're the Pam and Jim, except they're not pranking on people together. They're just. I thought you were going to say funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
if we're doing comps to the office, ooh, who would Roz and Fraser be on the office? We know that Julia would be Angela. That much is clear. I was thinking Angela Oscar that combo or Angela Kevin, but I, that, I, that th- really I think mostly like Angela. She she she's too stiff. Getting back to this episode, uh, did anybody else think it was really kind of odd the way Roz and Kenny have a battle of the sexes? <laughs> like when they just start sniping about what men do and what women do, it seemed very odd to me. It doesn't go anywhere. Kenny's not the right person to be on the other side of that. Like you could do that bit even in this context, but I don't understand why Kenny's the one opposite of Roz. He will lose that battle every time, and he doesn't really, which is annoying. Question for Stan: What did you think of Kenny? Did you think he was like a main character? Like what? What was? Because he was a lot. No. Okay, good. I mean, he's just background noise at this point, just adding to a little bit of comic relief. The insight. Nailed it again. Are you a writer for Frasier? <laughs> Do you actually know everything? You know, if I would have been, then it wouldn't be something from the 90s. It would have still been on. <laughs> you know, they did have a season this year, though, right? Huh. Literally. <laughs> well, sorry. Sorry, last year, I guess. But I'm not, I'm not allowed to watch it yet. Hold up. So this show went from 1993 to 2023? No. No, no. no it had one season last year. <laughs> it went from 1993 to 2004. It, it did a will and grace. And then they bombed, probably, because it just wasn't good enough as the real deal. Nailed it again. Well, uh, spoiler. Spoiler alert, I can't... Did you guys think it was weird that there's a there was a segment of her book which was day trade your way out of debt, but there was starting a dot com as one of the chapters? I don't think that has anything to do with day trader. I think that was part of the joke. I think that whole subplot is is mired in early two thousands insider jokes. That is like topical humor that just does not last. Yeah, they just made it. A you had to be there. Dot com boom in every situation. I would have loved to have started a dot com and been there. I would have loved mm-hmm. to have boomed and even busted. It would have been great. What would you dot uh, it would be virtual juggling. And you'd go in and you'd watch someone juggle and then you'd peace out. I think that's just called YouTube. This is pre-YouTube, though. You you know how Amazon started as like a bookstore and then evolved into the everything store? You would have started a juggling video website and it would have become YouTube. Oh my God, that would have been amazing. <laughs> I could have been Ryan YouTube. That would have been great. I would have changed my last name because of the success. But Why did you name your juggling video site YouTube, though? I was like, YouTube in for some juggling, you know? No. You jello. What, Curtis, what would your .com name be? Oh, that's a good yeah, question. Yeah, Kurt. No. No .com would be great. I would have never had the balls to start anything, up to and including a podcast. Yeah, why'd you use the past tense? Since no one asked me our answer anyway, I would make uh, weaved baskets, and they would be called Rosie the Reaver, and I would just make weaved baskets. My goodness. Is reaving part of baskets? Like a weaved basket? Oh, I think you said reaved with no. an R. No. I think you did. Curtis, check the tape. I think he said yeah. reaved. Please check the tape. Other than the partisan rhetoric, what you don't hear him talking about are, in fact, the most important issues facing this country. That's what the establishment does. Brad, have you seen the building in Ohio that's the shape of a giant basket? I have Longaberger. Longaberger, right? yeah, that's right. Longaberger? <laughs> it's a wild building. I think, isn't it near where Vitaly's from? I think Vitaly showed me. No, no, it's like in the middle of nowhere. It's just a giant basket building around nothing. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it in person, but I've seen the pictures. It's crazier in person because it's that picture, but like in real life, and you're like, wow, this is, someone made a really Can big tear it down? decision. No. Are you sure? I'm looking at it. Oh. Yeah, you're looking at it. No, I was looking at a picture of, of that building but with a crane like literally it's half down but then the title says fake picture of vandalized basket building what oh what God. is the internet <laughs> it was a fraser crane and he on the building there's a reason there was a dot-com bubble there was a bubble it did burst i would have absolutely been one of the rubes i would have been buying day trading your way to success or whatever and trying to win it big by reading a book same i definitely would have been one of the readers of the book but i would have also just owned a bunch of web pages something generic called www.books.com www.chairs.com and just bought it and oh i see you just want to get that real estate so you can sell it off from somebody you want to be the landowner Yeah. yeah Yeah, that's easy money, no work, just money. <laughs> well, too bad you're not slightly older. So, Fraser and Niles elect to build a breakfast nook onto their treehouse. Oh, How yeah. great does that sound? That is a great moment. Uh, you know, I will give the show credit because it's very on brand for the two of them. At least they 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 understand the characters that they're writing for, and that that made me happy. You're telling me if you had a treehouse right now, you wouldn't want a breakfast nook? Is that what I'm hearing? I think I would now. I'm not sure if I would want one as a child. What child? 
doesn't want a breakfast nook. What are you talking about, Brad? It's comfy. It's cozy. You get to eat pancakes there. What's not to love? Yeah, Ryan and Sneha, will you please talk to your children about this? Let Curtis know, and then he will auto-impose this into the podcast. <laughs> what do you think auto-impose means? Well, do you have uh, any idea how any of this gets done? I imagine in my world, Curtis, Curtis is in a black room with film, and he is producing film. the film, <laughs> and he's doing like the photosynthesis to make the film work and all that. I'm stuff. sorry, I'm doing photosynthesis to make the film work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Curtis, Curtis, you have to auto-impose stuff. It's difficult work. Yeah, come on, Curtis. Know, know your job. Doesn't happen overnight. Doesn't happen overnight. Well, he does have to stay up all night, but it doesn't happen over just that night. Sometimes I forget that we're talking to Bradley Kirkson, noted scientist. Noted, noted Scientologist. I really thought he was going to call me a Scientologist. I really thought so. We can't burn past the scene. They, they refer to Cheers. Oh, yeah. He, he, he basically just recounts a plot of an episode of Cheers. Yeah. For, I think this is the first time we've had that, which is weird at this point. You think it would come up a lot. I love that you're drawing parallel connections with other 90s sitcoms. That's pretty cool. Oh, well, first of all, it's an 80s sitcom. Uh, you probably are not aware of this. Frasier is a spinoff of the sitcom Cheers. Oh, no shit. So the character yeah. Frasier started yeah. on Cheers. Fair for you Okay, not to so know it's that. like Better Call Saul. <laughs> yes. It is no. precisely like Better Call Saul. It is exactly Better Call Saul is a prequel, so this would be a sequel to, to Cheers. We all agree there is no comparison more <laughs> apt than Cheers is Breaking Bad and <laughs> Frasier is Better Call Saul. You're goddamn right. <laughs> It's exactly like the young Sheldon spinoff, whatever the hell they do for that. It'll be just like that. I'm not sure why you keep bringing up the young Sheldon spinoff. You're obsessed with young Sheldon. I don't like that they're having a spinoff. God, it's the dumbest concept. It's the dumbest concept. I wish it was old Sheldon. I think that would have been great. I hate I hate the choice that they're making. Hardy reveals that Niles will soon see his patients at home due to a remodel at his office. Frazier is upset that a fan complimented his on-air rapport with Julia, and everyone assumes he has a schoolboy crush. I know this is the early 2000s. I know this is a show about psychiatry. It's 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 late 90s. It's late 90s. Let's get it right. Well, it's 2002 in this episode. I do think 2002 is the late 90s. Yeah, correct. All right. The fact that he calls his patients the crazies? Probably not the most political correct way to discuss your patients. Does Niles? Does he uh, call them the Sorry, crazies? Martin does, but still. It's yeah, Martin story. can do that. That's the, Martin's whole character is being a fuddy-duddy weird old guy. It's just not politically correct. That's not his only time he does that. I think this scene. You're getting upset with lack of political correctness. He literally says he thinks all protesters should be gassed in this scene. He's very comfortable saying that. Well, I'm just going one line at a time, okay? Stop jumping around. You can take it as a whole. Marty's a terrible person. Seha already gave us permission to jump around. Yeah, jump, jump around. Jump, jump. What if what if Curtis, instead of doing this by scene, if Curtis just gave us one line at a time and we discussed it? Kurt, what's our next line? Is it talking about why Gertrude ran around naked after her soccer team lost? Because that, that felt very <laughs> in character. Well, you know how soccer fans, soccer fans are very serious. <laughs> I mean, where did you run your son-in-law and daughter's own apartment. He doesn't care about that, let's be honest. That is what we've seen out of her. So when they were saying the, the fan joke, I thought they kept saying the word van and I was so confused. I thought they kept saying that Fraser ran into a van. I was, I was like, why have you kept making that joke over the years? It's very specific <laughs> and I don't understand it. Is anybody else surprised that he has a fan? I, I was surprised that there's actually somebody recognizing him. Wait, is it canon that, that he ran into a fan? I thought they were just making a dumb joke. I didn't think he actually yeah. ran into one. Yeah, the, the whole point is that he saw a fan and and that she, he gave him a compliment. He has good chemistry with Julia. That's the whole point of the scene. Oh man, I missed that. I missed that completely. I thought it was a van thing the whole time. Can we start keeping track of any time that Ryan doesn't understand a full scene? <laughs> We're averaging about once an episode. We don't have that kind he of totally time. misses the point of a scene. It's really great. So clearly, Frazier does not want to hear a compliment if he does not agree with it. So I'm sure he was probably super rude to the fan. Or as a psychiatrist. Lay it down, Sneha. Lay it down. Who <laughs> wouldn't otherwise have fans? Did he just say thank you and then roll his eyes within his mind? You don't know Frazier enough. He's the type of guy that would correct somebody. You were doing so well for so long, Sneha. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the Frasier we know. This is the same guy who said, I won't dignify that with a response, except to say you're wrong. Yes. A line I loved. I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, Daphne got to talk this scene. That was pretty cool. That's pretty progressive of the writers today. We're going on a string of not a lot of Daphne. 
That's for sure. This is this is a big daff episode. Also, we had the biggest daff episode of all, like two episodes ago. What do you mean a string? It's pretty much the rest of our series. Correct. Frazier tries to hash things out with Julia, but she remains indifferent to him. When they get into a shouting match, he tries to Sam Malone her into bed, but she is rightly disgusted by his advances. Frazier should adopt a cat. That really felt right for him. Why would he adopt a cat? That, like at the start of the scene. I am reaching out to you here. Yeah, will you cut that out? It's like you're trying to make me your special project. Why don't you just adopt a cat or something? And I was like, yeah, you should do that, Frasier. This is the meat of the episode, right? This is the thing that makes comedy happen the rest of the episode, or what they called comedy at that time. <laughs> <laughs> then we're talking sexual harassment uh, seminars. Definitely the spark for most of the episode. You're right, Sam. This whole episode really is anachronistic in its comedy. Like a lot of the th- a lot of the stuff is like tropes that have not being funny for sure. I, I mean, and not for the political correct reasons, but it's it's just seen it. And I say seen it because you know we've seen these other shows that did something very similar. Case in point, The Office. <laughs> Like The Office. They have a very specific episode that's just like the sexual harassment. I'm willing to bet they drew a lot of inspiration from this episode on Frasier. But then the chain of events is different. You know, there isn't potential romance. What happens next is different than what happened on Frasier. But I'm I'm thinking back to the fact that today in 2024, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm I'm thinking, first time and I'm thinking maybe it was new in the 90s. In 2024, you're watching a, you know, 20 year old sitcom <laughs> The Office and you're going yeah this this 30 year old sitcom Frasier is really half Sneha what do you think happens uh, like what do you think Frasier and Julia's relationships like for the rest of the series especially after you see this scene I was actually with Frasier because I was sensing some sexual chemistry oh and in- interesting if, if typically when there's a guy and a girl they're fighting 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 in all these sitcoms they always end up in bed together so I was expecting that so Frasier was, I, I don't know, I guess he wasn't wrong to make an assumption that that was what's going to happen. Frazier. We, don't, we definitely don't get a lot of guests that defend Frazier, so we'll take that as a win. Do you think they end up getting together? I think they do and they stay together for a little bit, but then he ends up ends up together with Roz because she knows him better than he knows him. Wow. For as much as you're wrong, <laughs> you got a lot right. Yeah. Him and Julia absolutely do end up together. They do. For three seasons. No, no, it's, no, it's like from when they kiss it's like six episodes go back and look count it go back and count it tell me the episode number where the kiss happens it's like 10 episodes from now jesus christ that's way too long (laughs) well she's she's also not in every episode because fraser does this annoying thing where like characters dip in and out even if they're a main character for stretches with no explanation Mm. like i know in many ways she's supposed to be the bad guy of this episode but nothing could endear her to me more than when she says you're a magic eight ball with a harvard degree yes that was iconic at least that's a joke they reference more in the episode. They do come back to her, which is nice. I think you're terrified that you're going to fail here, too. Then what do I know? I'm just a magic eight ball with a Harvard and Oxford degree. Which is a great line, honestly. I like it. I, I love how she kind of attacked him with that, and I love how he came back with it. I think when they're yelling at each other and sniping at each other, that's them at their best, frankly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This is not the last time we'll see that. KACL attends a sexual harassment seminar hosted by the manager from tchotchkes i don't know brad do you want to do your guest star thing the manager from tchotchkes i didn't think i don't even know who that was i thought it was just a random actor I didn't is, that from, is that office space people can get a cheeseburger anywhere okay they come to tchotchkes for the atmosphere and the attitude that is mike judge creator of king of the hill silicon valley oh wow that's van the guy running this sexual harassment i just thought it was a person oh i didn't realize that why are you telling us about nobodies yeah come on yeah. keep Keep focused, Kurt. Uh, everyone hates Frasier. It's like perfect. It's exactly how I imagine. If you set something up and then people can't say asses anymore, you're going to be hated in your workplace. That's just what's going to happen. Also, if you have to go in on your day off for a sexual harassment seminar. For a mouse pad. Free mouse pads. If I was in a meeting and someone said free mouse pads, I don't even use a mouse pad. I'd be excited. I'd be like, yes, let's, let's get a free mouse pad. Once again, Brad, you do not speak for the average American. Maybe we can get mouse pads with our name, image, and likeness on it. Sneha, for joining us tonight, yeah. you get a 
mouse pad. It would be hilarious if our first and only merch was a mouse pad. Yes, it goes with the sitcom we're talking about in the years it was on. I think it should. I think it's topical. I think it's relevant. And you know what? Corporate America could use some more mouse pads. Time out. I forgot to say something in the beginning of this scene that I really am sorry I did not say because it really goes, it really supports who I am as a person. But this scene has puppets, guys. You know how much I love puppets. Mm, you didn't want to wait till the puppets came out to mention that? I had to say it at the beginning how much I love puppets. Mostly because I like the word puppets. That's creepy. That's creepy. Red's definitely the kind of person who could lead a sexual harassment seminar, right? He's got yeah. that oh, And be as ineffective as this guy. Wow. I want to be part of that. Yeah, I, w- I would also attend that one. But I don't want the world to know that I was ever a part of that. I don't want it to happen to the world. <laughs> but I would attend. I would absolutely attend and film the whole thing. I, I use puppets in my explanation, though. Uh, yeah, we know. So this is, uh, we get to hear Bulldog's bark, which I don't think we've heard before. By the way, the chick at the coffee table's got her high beams on. <laughs> Very good bark. I didn't realize that was part of his character, that he really lived the bulldog lifestyle. Yeah, he's on fire in this episode, honestly. He's he's doing some good work. You mean creeping on people at the sexual investment seminar? <laughs> to be clear, I'm saying as a... You support that. As a piece of comedy. You think he is, that's what people should he's do. He's doing some good We work. get it. <laughs> I'm so glad Curtis gets to be the bad guy and not me. Curtis, <laughs> Curtis took down notes. He's like, this is what I could do at my next harassment seminar. This would be great. Laughing at him, not with him. <laughs> You did. You did. He's doing good work. Yeah. He did God's work and staring at that girl's boobs. Talking about the actor performing the character of Bulldog. Look, I'm just going to say it. I'm pro sexual harassment. <laughs> oh, God, Curtis. This is my Brad Hitler moment. <laughs> Who are all these people at this seminar, by the way? I know you can't answer it, and they probably won't ever come up again, but there's a lot of people that we've never seen and probably won't ever see again. Do you guys ever wonder or yes. go into this rabbit hole of, hey, this one character popped up like two times? Let's say Bulldog for example, do you ever feel the need to dig into his IMDb to see, did something come out of those two appearances and the two lines that he had? Or did he just wander off in the ether? That's Brad's job. He's he's never done it once. I was just going to say, the guy that plays Bulldog, he Bulldog. he's in a bunch of 90s sitcoms. I recently just watched Yeah, two. but no, but we want to know what happened to him in the 2000s. Did he give up acting and then be a waiter or? Did he go run tchotchkes? He has done nothing in like 10 years. You just said he's nothing. The actor who played Bulldog is probably going to be one of your listeners. And you're about to get some go kill yourself emails. This actor, you think his current life is listening to Frasier podcasts and then sending hate mail when they when they don't honor him? I don't see any other Frasier podcasts happening. If only that were true. There's nothing wrong with reliving your glory days through somebody else's perspective. He had a small <laughs> role in the 2022 film Blonde. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, about um, Marilyn monroe yeah yeah oh he was monroe yeah he was like the 15th actor in that gill's reaction to puppets is uh, very surprising gill seems like a pro puppet type of character we find out he loves the females he's just a man's man let's be honest he's a man's man he's a tough guy (laughs) he's a brute the man's a brute this isn't the first time we've seen gill do this kind of thing it made way more sense here than when we see it i think literally the next time yeah i do not buy for one second that he's mad that puppets shown up to that seminar not for one second puppet loving type. I think he probably brought his own puppet. Well, that's why he's upset because he thought he was going to be the puppet guy and then here comes Van with his puppets. I also found his his threatening punch to Fraser really awkward. There's a really grindy punch. I don't know what he's, he's threatening gonna punch to do and there. grind. He's going to do the old punch <laughs> and grind. Actually, you know what? That's the threat. We get our first title card. There's a doctor in the house. Mr. Peanut Butter finds it hard to focus on his therapy session with Niles because he suddenly sees him as a person. Much like seeing your teacher at the grocery store. Okay, so this time I'll do my job. The actor in the scene was played by Paul F. Tompkins. Do you think Paul F. Tompkins did anything after his one appearance in Frasier? Do you think he had a career? I just named him as Mr. Peanut Butter. Correct. Bojack Horseman. No one knows what you're ever talking about, Kurt. And he was on the VH1 show Best Week Ever. He was on that show every week. Oh, yeah. He was on every week. Yeah. I think this scene's colored by the fact that he shows up. You're just like, ah, Paul F., this is great to see you. I don't think this scene's actually, like, that funny. But I'm just so delighted by everything he's doing anyway, because it's him. Like, I don't think I like the bits but all in all it worked for me it was one of those scenes where they were just trying to like get people to go ha 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 do you know what a sitcom is <laughs> right, did you go 
Did you go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, uh, shit, they're laughing. We were hoping for some guffaws. I did not say laughing. I saw <laughs> Again, everything in this episode is a throwback because it was made in 2003. One of the main jokes of this scene depends on the answering machine. Like, how many sitcom tropes just died when the answering machine was replaced with voicemail? Why does every psychiatrist just let it roll to voicemail? Or why do the cranes at least let it roll to voicemail? That's never going to go well, no matter what's happening. We're whoever it is must have hung up because we just hear the like song they do for their message we never hear the message from the person who called him uh there's no way that daphne is doing that song from everything we've seen from her daphne at least i could see her like playing along for her husband there's no way gert her mother is joining in on this wait was gert in that yes absolutely oh i missed that chalk another one up i missed that How about Niles getting heated seats for his bathroom? Good move. I don't know what that feels like. I started looking up heated toilet seats on Amazon. How much do they cost? I would love to buy one. I don't think they're that expensive. I don't think they're a standalone seat. Like, I think you have to get some extra. I think it's a whole thing. Yeah, I think it's a whole thing. Sponsorship opportunity. Ooh. <laughs> Heatedseats.com. Get at us. We are bought and paid for by Big Mouse Pad. Don't get it twisted. Oh, there you also- go. If you know that that's your answering machine, you can't let it roll. And he's like embarrassed by it immediately, but like you filmed that niles you can't let that happen recorded it he was in a dark room with some tape thank you film and he made a you photosynthesized that you can't let that roll (laughs) look at you trying to be logical i just don't like that he like then immediately gets embarrassed by it like that makes no sense yeah it's a bad joke in a bad scene it doesn't feel connected to the rest of the episode that's true it felt so out of place that's a really good call out there is nothing else they're just like we need to get niles and daphne something to do yeah usually they do a better job tying in the B-plot to the rest of the plot. They just don't hear. They had to find a reason to get Marty into the episode and all they could come up with is Marty's going to announce what Niles' plot's going to be. <laughs> well, he also loves tear gas. <laughs> He's a fascist. <laughs> Bulldog knows how to play the game at this sexual harassment seminar, but no one else plays it cool. Frazier complains and lectures at everyone until Julia cries uncle and agrees to not sue the station. Okay, kind of forgot to go back to this. This is actually the scene where we find out Gil loves the ladies. Yeah, yeah, he gives the speech here. <laughs> yeah. That's right. The first time we see Gil, he's just mad puppets are involved. Yeah. Now he's given speeches, probably with a puppet. I don't know why they wrote that up. We also we also get really gross and unpleasant knoll time. Yeah, that gets a little creepy. There's a couple of creepy bits to the scene that we're literally attacking Julia, who's like the reason we have the seminar. You can't do that. <laughs> Absolutely. It is so weird when he's like, hey, Frazier, the guy who committed the offense and the victim of that offense. <laughs> right. Why don't you come up and role play? Right, right, right. Like what? Without any guidance either. That's the comedy of the 90s. There was just so much insensitivity that they were like, why don't you reenact what you just did so we can talk about what you did? It was much more evolved in two years when The Office does it. Yeah, I kind of loved it. (laughs) I'm not pro-sexual harassment. I'm not. Listen, this whole podcast is pro-sexual harassment. We've made that clear. It's fine. You've signed on by being part of us. <laughs> this will live on the internet forever, following you wherever you go and whatever you do. Oh, fuck. When I post about this episode, I'm going to hyperlink to your LinkedIn. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis doesn't know how to do that. Relax. I do think when uh, Bulldog and Roz are role-playing, uh, Roz gets a great line. After work, would you care to join me for a coffee or non-stimulating beverage? Thank you, Bulldog, for your offer. But I'm uncomfortable with it, as I would prefer to cut my own arm off and eat it. God, I hate when girls say that to me. It's happened a couple times. I I, I would expect nothing less. Well, what's more disturbing are the ones who follow through. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not a good look for me. Or them. No, it shows their commitment. The badge of honor. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, how many women have cut off their arms to not date you? Okay, uh, I'm not going to explain it, but two and a half. Makes sense. I uh, I wrote Frasier doing well for once. I don't know what that's referring to. By the end, people seem to like be on Frasier's side. So maybe that's what it was. I mean, he does have this moment with Julia where he kind of psychoanalyzes her. Yeah. Maybe you meant that, but I think you just meant that his blowhardedness gets Julia to say she won't sue so that it finally ends this nightmare for all of us involved. Yeah. I like that we have three different scenarios of what you meant. So hopefully one of them. <laughs> I think it is taking Julia to task. Ryan, Ryan, uh, I'm going to interrupt. Uh, Sneha, could you explain what Ryan means? Wait, repeat. <laughs> 
<laughs> Never mind. <laughs> well, so, okay. So how do you think he was doing in this scene? And maybe that's intentional because then that kind of sparks the whole, he can psychoanalyze the person he is romantically involved with. They just really turned everything up on their head. Like we have to really now consider the writers are amazing and really think these things through <laughs> and don't just want to leave women off of the show because they don't know how to write for them. Doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> I've got a lot to think about for next episode. There isn't that much depth. I don't know. You talked me into it immediately, so I disagree. I'm 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 willing to bet that um, at least one of the writers on Frasier are probably listening and yeah. are subscribers to the podcast. Yeah, it's Bulldog. We only know because of all the hate mail he sends. <laughs> right. <laughs> You just keep sending. You just keep sending. Kill yourself an email. I don't understand. <laughs> so give me some context, bulldog. What do you mean? How? Julie remains cold and distant, but offers the smallest of olive branches. When Fraser takes too long to say no, she gives up. Sweet little endearing scene. Curtis kind of sums it up. There's not much more to say. I always sum it up. Do you think this is her taking the seminar to heart? Do you think this is uh, Fraser really moved the needle here? What, or do you think she just has given up on her life? What do you think is happening in this one? I think the writers knew she was going to be an ongoing story arc. I think they they thought they were planting seeds that she's going to start really harsh and slowly warm up to Frasier. But then apparently they just forgot to do that part. They were like, we got 49 <laughs> episodes to really figure this girl out. And we're going to skip some of the episodes. Not have her in the next episode, but that's fine. <laughs> part of me is so curious. What changed? I feel like there's a gap. What changed from the sexual harassment episode where she walks away with Frasier psychoanalyzing her and telling her about herself that she might not have known. I guess that's what changed. Just a bit of a revelation that he sees through the hard exterior. Sneha, we'd love to go on that journey with you, but we, uh, we're going the other way. So. I think I think he I think she respects that he called him out. I don't think she, like I don't think she gained insights yeah. from that comment. I think she was like, oh, he's feisty. I like this one. I think that's actually it. Oh, that they have a rapport, a banter. They do. They do end up having a bit more of a rapport from this episode on. And Roz never Roz and her never do. Frazier and her do. And no one else in the whole show has a real rapport with her. Huh. Also, it's like Kenny's fifth to last episode. Rizzo brings coffee for herself and Julia, knowing one is tainted. They both try the old switcheroo until neither knows which mug has the eye cane powder. Rizzo dumps both. Dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> Would you believe this was, this was probably the best scrambled egg scene we ever had? It's just so dumb. Roz trying to take revenge for whatever Julia considered subpar coffee. I Obviously, but... Uh, I didn't find it funny, guys. Should we speculate what we think she put in? Yes. I think she put something to cause diarrhea. I think she put oh. lectins. Oh, mm. uh, Ipecac or whatever. I was thinking Metamucil. I think she went with decaf. I think it was just she went with a decaf to really... That'd be fun. I would much rather have diarrhea than not be awake. <laughs> <laughs> just, just sleep on the toilet. If it's heated. Oh my God, if it's heated, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> I, well, I don't have that. I don't live the ritzy life, so I can't do decaf. Ryan, I'm now very concerned at the prospect of you getting a heated toilet seat because I don't know if you're ever going to need the bathroom again. You don't have to be concerned about me getting decaf. I felt, we, I kept thinking I was drinking decaf for like a week straight and I was so tired that whole week. I slept in some very weird places. A heated toilet seat would have been amazing. Brad, what do you think? What do you think that she was slipping in there? You remember those old like pixie sticks? That's why did right. you turn? Why did you age twenty years since we checked in with you last? Bernie, Bernie <laughs> came back. Okay, let's deal with it. Do you remember those old pixie sticks? That's what I think. Just the sugar just, from you can just call them pixie sticks. They still exist. Do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a stick of sugar. You're not going to get rid of a stick of sugar that's colored. Easy product. You remember when there was the jumbo ones that were like half your height? And you're like, there's no problem consuming this whole thing. Oh, Ryan, I remember them. I remember them. I'm concerned <laughs> to learn what you did with them. <laughs> I liked this bonus scene as much as Sneha hated it. I think it was I think it was easily the best one we've seen. What? You are not the first person we've had on that is not a fan of the show, not somebody who watched the show. Okay. And it is very weird to jump in on a random episode like this. It, it definitely is a little disorienting. You you are you're coming out with a different context than us. Um we've seen all of the last two seasons worth of these ending scenes. The show only went 11 seasons by the way. We know how bad it can get. So what you see 
Lucy is really bad, we are like actually middle of the pack at, at worst. <laughs> the episode's one thing. I'm talking just strictly this bonus because they always do a bonus scene. We call it the scrambled eggs. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm saying we've seen all the bonus scenes. The bonus the bonus scenes are stupid. Almost always. So for this one was the bonus scene, the coffee mix up. Yeah, the coffee yes. coffee switcheroo. Oh, oh come on. That like when I saw that switcheroo, I was like, okay, I was not totally disappointed with the episode, but then that scene oh, made that, me that was it? completely oh, it disappointed with the episode. Wow. Okay, well, I think before we go any further, Sneha, did you like this episode of Frasier? <laughs> um, talk, talk, talk to us pre- be honest. Talk to us pre the switcheroo scene and then post the switcheroo scene. So, pre-switcheroo scene, it was just tried and been there, done that before episode of a sitcom. Is it what you expected of Frasier? Gosh, I gotta say, I don't know what I expected of Frasier. That's very <laughs> fair. Yeah. That's where I found myself in this watch as well. The most surprising part of this entire episode for me, Please. the most sort of aha revelation was the fact that he's a radio host. <laughs> Even, by the way, if you've seen Cheers, that's a very surprising thing to find out. Yeah, it was a surprising thing to find out because in my mind, Fraser Crane, psychiatrist, was just listening to people while they're laying on the couch. I fully expected the episode to be some guy walks in and talks about childhood trauma and Frasier goes in the back, makes fun of that guy with childhood trauma. 100%. That's 100% what I thought the show would be as well. And I've been very surprised to learn that almost never happens. It happens exactly once so far. That's interesting. What what kind of a rating would you give this episode? Um, How many stars do we have? Seven. As many as you want. Oh, okay. I'll okay. keep it out of five. Right. Our listeners can calibrate themselves because that's more, more common. Yeah, they've been on Amazon. They know what a five-star rating looks like. <laughs> Just making sure, right? We we got listeners from all around the world. We got to be inclusive. Every everyone understands stars. I think I would give one point five stars to be wow. honest. Out of five. five, you realize if that's an 1. Amazon 5. product, that means like it doesn't even turn on. Like you bought a vacuum it that doesn't, doesn't turn on. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> What's a show that you give like three stars out of five? The Office. No, I would give five stars out of five for The Office. I think I think three. Double Fraser, basically. It would be arrested development. Oh, Curtis, do you take offense to that or do you support that? I actually love arrested development. For me, comic relief is arrested plus the office. So I guess I should take now that. Now I'm confused back. by your scale. <laughs> 2007 Curtis would have been deeply offended by that statement. Uh, 2023 Curtis, I can I see say, are we, are we counting seasons four and five? Because that also changes things. No, including season four and five, I would put arrested at a three, but I without it, fair. I think yeah. Arrested yeah, lives in a in a higher place. I think Friends is something that can come close to a three. It just there's just a timeless element to it. Twice as funny as Frasier. <laughs> oh, I, wow. I, 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 wow. Okay, think about okay, case in point, right? You're throwing a lot of judgment on somebody that has only seen this episode. I, I think her rating is very fair. She was like, this episode would be okay, but where's Ross? Where's Ross Geller? What are we doing? Or think about how clever the scene was with the couch, the most iconic pivot. Pivot! Pivot! I, it's just so memorable to me. They're moving the couch around, and they just can't get the right angle, and I don't know, that kind of humor scratch just my it sometimes. Imagine you had never seen an episode of Friends, but the first one you ever watched was episode 12 of season 9. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! We're in the Joey-Rachel storylines at this point. Oh, yeah. we are. Okay. That should tell you, yeah. So, anyway, uh, Brad, what about you? How did you like yeah, this episode? Welcome to, to Brad's report card. What? That, that's what this section is called, Brad's report card. Since when? And after really deliberating and thinking about it with the council, I have decided wait, to... Wait, wait, wait. Is it Brad's report card or is it Brad and the council's report card? No, it's Brad's report card, but I use the council. Why for... are you deliberating with the council? Well, you'll find out in future episodes. The score mm. that I give this episode, after really thinking about it, is a D minus. Whoa. Whoa. I Interesting. Lacked humor. It lacked pure pointless points, and there was not really a good what? Sorry, that statement. <laughs> it lacked words. It lacked pure pointless points. But there was no there was no real B plot, and I just it, it, this this episode did not inspire me. And I'm someone who likes to be inspired, and this episode just did not. 
you want to be inspired by Fraser Crane. Yeah, I want to be like. Am I getting that right? Yeah, I want to be like like a honey, you know? No, I would not expect any less, Brad. Yeah, thank no, you. I don't know what you mean. What do you mean, like a honeybee? Like you know, the honeybee takes the pollen, uh, pollinates, you know, does all that kind of fun stuff. I, that's why I want to feel that feeling of pollination. What? Yeah, that, that makes. What the fuck he wants to be photosynthesized by a bee. <laughs> Maybe maybe I need to have a new segment on the show besides Brad's report card called Brad the Science Man, where I just talk about science. No. All right, we got to move to science. I'm going to give you my, my rating. Thank you, Curtis. I wanted to hear more about Brad pollinating things or whatever the fuck was going on. Yeah, why does he think that he can feel it? Yeah, why? what do you think feeling <laughs> pollination is? Well, I've, I've never been a bee. Why is that what you're going for? And I wonder why someone said that I turn everything into myself on this podcast. So this is 22 out of 36. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay. This is on, also on the lower end of the spectrum. It is a sandwich between two of the other mediocre Julia Epps. Analyze Kiss, the, the one where they kiss, and the one where something else happens. Great. I didn't write it down, okay? I don't know. Great, Kurt. It's just really mediocre. The, the humor is deeply dated and does not hold up. And the story isn't very interesting. And for our finale of this character of Julia, who we have been throughout rooting for to be something better than mediocre. She ends as mediocre as she's been the whole time. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, so... I, we definitely do not get the Julia Roz explosive scene that we should have gotten to set up all of the mm-hmm. jokes that that lead up like that we that led up to this. So that was that was extremely disappointing. It's weird, Brad, that you said you didn't feel inspired. I think this is one of Frasier's more inspiring segments. If you think about from a comedy aspect, this episode wasn't that great. Sneha crushed it. This is very outdated. It feels very outdated. Uh, it's nothing like The Office, but I do I do think this is. <laughs> I do think the sincere elements were, but they weren't bad. I thought I, I liked his speech he gave to Julie. I thought it kind of did tee up the rest of their plot line. That was all right. This is best Kenny episode, probably best Julia episode, which doesn't say much of anything. Marty's a fascist, which fits. I'm glad we finally have learned that. <laughs> I'm fine with lack of B plot. I, I kind of wish they just left it out. I really think we could have skipped it. <laughs> Sorry. Did I just win something? What the fuck was that? <laughs> I, I hit the wrong button. What do you mean you hit the wrong button? What button was that? I, I clicked on a video. Of what? Of someone oh, like, wow. video were you of going someone to watch? becoming a rainbow? What the fuck was that? <laughs> I it, was, it was a trailer for some movie. <laughs> Oh my God. Sorry about I don't want to know. I don't either. Ryan, do you have a number for, do did, did, did you give a, a rating yet? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place. Like I was, you guys kind of talked me down a little bit. I was kind of dipping below fives, but the more I'm talking, the more I'm, you know, I won something from Brad's weird noise. Talking yourself back up. I'm like, I'm, I'm putting it like a solid five and a half. There's no Eddie that I think probably, that was pretty exciting. Five and a half. Okay. All right. Out of what? 10? I do it. I do it out of 10. Yes. Okay. You do? I didn't know that. <laughs> what if it was out of five? <laughs> So to adjust for your scale, I think it was slightly better than all of Friends. <laughs> awesome. for a recurring segment. It's another edition of Rank the Ratings. I've got a list of the top 100 TV shows from the 2002-2003 season. I'm going to name and briefly describe some of the shows that year. And what I want you to do is tell me if Frasier ranked better or worse than those shows. What do you mean better or worse? Why haven't you fixed that? Higher or lower? No, no, no. I did higher or lower before and that was confusing. Basically, Frasier this season came in at a rank of 28. Whoa! Big upgrade. It was 28th of all shows. What's your source? It's a Nielsen's Sneha. He uses the Nielsen's. Oh. Yeah. I, I talked to Nelson and he he, <laughs> uh, he gets together with the council and they pollinate for a while okay. and then they photosynthesize me in an answer. Thank you for using my council. So, so yeah, it was 28 overall. So you have, I'm going to give you shows. You have to say if it was better, meaning it was closer to number one, or if it was worse, meaning it was lower in the ratings. And we're all, gi- okay. we're all giving an answer every round. Uh, <laughs> I think you guys can can discuss it and, and come up with a, a unified answer. That's fine. What? Okay. All right. All right, team. Should we have a team name? Extreme. Hmm. Should we have a team name? <laughs> <laughs> Seha, you seem ably suited to come up with a team name. Yeah, I'm thinking. I think it should be... Ably suited is a fun description. I think it should be Freshman Dorms. Team Freshman Dorms. Let's go. Freshman Dorms. Okay. Freshman Dorms. What do you think of the show's 
Scrubs, a show where a young man named JD has a rich and full fantasy life in which he imagines he is a doctor surrounded by goofy characters. Did you figure out which season of Scrubs it is? You know what? I don't do a lot of things you ask me to do, but I did do this. My guy. This was season two, oh. the second season of Scrubs. Oh. So Scrubs took a little bit for people to like, so I think I'm going to go on the lower side, Ryan. Why are you talking? You can also talk to Snake. I disagree. I think season two of Scrubs is when Scrubs started growing on people. And I don't know, medical comedy, I guess, is somewhat refreshing. Medical shows were big at that point. I think Grey's Anatomy was already around, right? Right. But Grey's is not comedy. It's just drama. No, so I'm saying Scrubs are like, oh, we're into medical shows. Let's do some comedy medical shows. Boom. I'm with you, Sneha. I think, I think it was better. But here's the other part that is bothering me about Frasier. <laughs> that it exists. The visuals, if you compare Frasier to Scrubs, just like, I felt like I was in the 80s. You're right. Frasier feels older. You, you're right overall because it is that old three camera sitcom. But I will say you're watching season 10, which I think is the worst season in terms of picture quality because the older seasons were in a different aspect ratio and they did like a high def redo of it. But they just apparently never did that for season 10 because it was already in widescreen. And so it just looks terrible. Oh, that's weird. That's another comparison I wanted to draw against Scrubs, which is visuals don't strike as anything pre early 2000s. It's bad visually. Scrubs also peaked in season three as far as best episodes. So people should be on board. Oh, you think? Okay. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the Brendan Fraser episodes in season three? Yeah. Where do you think we are? You don't get better Scrubs than that. So you uh, have collectively voted for better and you are correct. Boom. It was 14 in the ratings. Hey, that's great. Booyah. That's 14. That's too low. Go team. Go teamwork. It should have been better than that. It's twice as high as Frasier. That's fine. It's Frasier season 10 though. Yeah. So next up, extreme makeover. Normal people are saved from their satisfactory lives by subjecting them to plastic surgery to make them fabulous. Their friends and family are kept from them for months while they undergo these changes. People did like that too. I had no idea that there was an extreme makeover people show. I thought it was just Extreme Makeover Home Edition. You guys want to see what's behind this bus? Why do you think it had to be called Home Edition? I didn't realize what the colon was. Yeah, yeah I I thought it was just about like, no, I'm with you 100%, Sneha. I'm learning a lot right now. <laughs> Holy shit. No, I remember the show. What a bit what a big switch of a show to go to let's do homes instead of human faces. That's crazy. With houses instead of faces, yeah. Wow. For the sake of humanity, I'm gonna hope that it was lower. I mean, obviously no. it was popular enough to get a spin-off house show, <laughs> which is so confusing. I'm gonna say it was better. Say huh? I I'm going to say it fared better than Frasier because there's just so much drama. This is people just want to see a bad accident. I like that neither Steha or I knew this existed. And we're both like, it had to be better than Frasier. I just remember being so (laughs) disgusting. So that's why I'm just hoping for the sake of humanity. You know me, I'm a humanitarian. So you you, you are voting exactly the same as last time. Uh, Only one of you has voted for worse and you are collectively voting for better. And for the sake of humanity, I'm pleased to announce that this was 31st in the ratings it was worse than Frasier <laughs> thank you oh wow Frasier was 28 Frasier was 28 by a, by a hair <laughs> at least I just feel better for humanity I mean not like by a lot no next up yes dear Ooh. this generic CBS sitcom that is too boring to describe. Instead, I'm going to talk about a show called Yes, My Dear, a 1970s British sitcom described by the Radio Times Guide to TV Comedy as the worst British sitcom ever produced. So, so I'm going to be real with you. I love wow. Yes, Dear. I love Yes, Love Yes, Dear. Whoa, yeah. really? This is, the, we're about to do a Yes, Dear podcast. The Mike O'Malley vehicle? Of course yeah. I loved Yes, Dear. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to say I think it was probably worse in the ratings. This is one of those shows that's always on TBS, uh, like reruns. It was so cheap that TBS is like, we'll air it like 90% of the day. Yeah. I don't know if I watched the show live or I watched it like 10 years later. I have no idea when yesterday came out. Had to be worse. Do you want to know the season? Uh, yeah. Season three. I don't know of how many. I don't know how many seasons there were. I don't either. I only watched 
watched these reruns. Was this one? Did Mike O'Malley already own the house and Greg was living with him? Because that was, I mean, it was not that great of a season. Wait, Mike O'Malley from the Mike O'Malley show? Uh-huh. Probably. That's what most people know him from. I don't know. No, most people know him as the amazing host of Guts. Uh, absolutely. So, Ryan, what's your vote? Worse, but it shouldn't be. Yesterday was great. Yesterday was great. And Sneha? I have no idea what Yesterday is or what. It's the Mike O'Malley vehicle. Not tracking it. You want to just go with the crowd and say worse? I'll take the majority. The Bob Ayatollah or whatever is this from I Heart Bob or whatever. He was also in that. The Ayatollah of Iran was a very big character of Yesterday. That is correct. Probably. And you three have unanimously voted for worse. And you lose. <laughs> because it was better. Also by a hair. This was 25th in the race. That ratings. makes you feel better, though, because Yesterday was great. Well deserved. Good job, Yester. Wow. Next up, meet my folks. Inspired by the Ben Stiller vehicle, meet the parents. Young men must get the approval of their partner's demanding parents. Each episode featured a lie detector test. Wait, is this a reality TV show? Awesome. This is real? Yes. No, it's a reality. I'm going to guess it was on TLC. This happened. I watched this one. It was on NBC. Wow. I watched it. It was on NBC? What? I don't have that written down, but I'm I'm almost certain that's true. I probably watched it after Frasier. It probably came on after Frasier. What? what? I thought it was on Fox. I've never heard. It could have been on Never Fox. heard I don't heard actually of this. know, but I, yeah, I definitely watched it, though. If it's on a real network, that's interesting. I don't remember it ever once being advertised. I, I think I saw a couple episodes. That means nothing. Oh, it's it's based off of a British show, Curtis. You tell me that part. That also doesn't help. I am still going to say worse because I've never, ever heard about it. I'm going to say worse. Yeah, I'm me too. I don't I don't know anything about it. Again, you are unanimous. Uh, we, we've seen some crazy reality shows that have insane premises that are somehow shockingly high on the list. This one did not fit the bill. It's a crazy premise but it is 101st hey that's great i don't think the plot's that bad right i think it could be a good show i'm guessing they just did a bad job with it you were right it was on nbc it did last for 20 episodes i think you could make that today and and really get three or four seasons out of it next up law and order svu rapper ice t and a man called munch are entrusted by the NYPD to solve the most sensitive sexual crimes. What season? Season four. I'll never bet against Law and Order. I'm going to say better. Always. Always. Yeah. For the good of humanity, I'm going to say worse or whatever Brad said, because fuck that show. Whoa. You don't like the SVU? You've done the same thing for 400 episodes. Can we just do anything different, please? People love it. Well, bear in mind, this was season four. They had only done 100 episodes. <laughs> I was over it. Hey, Ice tea was a good addition, and that's about all I'll say about it. So the betters have it, and the betters are correct. It was 15 in the ratings. Hey, that's great. Oh. Final one. America's Most Talented Kid. Dave Poulier what? hosts a talent competition for 3 to 16-year-olds. The most awesome talent wins a kid-sized grand prize of $1,000. The finale featured senior citizen talents instead of children. Cut it out. What is the age rate? 3 to 16? What? 3 to 16. What? <laughs> that is not a fair age range. Could you imagine if a 3-year-old beat out a 16-year-old in the finale? That would be crazy. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. It's a crazy premise, yeah. Again, to steal my to steal Ryan's line that he stole from me, for the sake of humanity, I'm going to say that it was worse. The premise isn't that bad. Dave Coulier at this time he was alright like people were still into pool house I think I think I'm giving it a, a higher before you answer Sneha I just want to say that you are currently there, there are only six of these three of them you got correct two of them you got wrong this is for the win versus a tie okay. the high stakes it's a split decision so far you're the tiebreaker you're the swing bet. do you think this was better or worse I think it was better the betters have it and the betters are wrong it was worse it was 63 what <laughs> which means you have tied Tied up, you as a group are well, what's our, are completely. What's our tie? Even. What's our tiebreaker procedure, Kurt? I know you have one. I know you thought of this. You wouldn't just let uh, us tie. That would be weird. Let us tie. I really want. This isn't a soccer tie. match. Why? There's no way we could just end in a tie. This is a European podcast. We can end in a tie, Kurt, buddy. Um, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. You insist. You insist. I'm going to give you. <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, <laughs> Ryan. You're the one insisting on the tiebreaker, so I need you to give me a number between eight. And 13. Normal. Very normal. I'm obviously going to go 11. 11. This is a show called Married by America. A show where random people were paired off based on votes from America on the promise that they would get married. Each week, a relationship expert eliminates contestants until one couple was left. No one actually got married at the end of the show. I don't understand the premise that you explained. (laughs) 
I, I don't know. Does it, is it married at first sight? So what's happening here is it's, it's kind of like a bunch of men and women are, are paired off. And, and the way they get paired off is not by choosing one another. It's America calling in like it's American Idol and voting on who should be with who. When did we, when did we get to meet them? How did we vote on them? I don't know. I, d- I didn't go that deep in the research. I just know America's voting on how to pair these people off. And then the promise was that after America chooses who gets with who, they were going to get married. And nobody actually did. So it's like, it's basically like, what happens if we stereotype people and they get together? Is that is that what the premise is supposed to be? I don't know. I think the premise is supposed to be audience participation. I don't know. I assume they didn't have a whole season to, to learn about these people to pair them off. Like, I assume you just saw their faces and matched them or something weird. Better or worse? I mean, obviously it's worse. I, I would watch it, though. Uh, I'll go worse. I go worse. Too. Well, you all are in agreement and you're all correct. It was 97 oh, in the ratings. Hey, that's great. Sneha just let out a real sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad it was. 2003 to 2004 had a real slur of, of really dumb reality shows that did really well in the ratings. 2002 to 2003, it was a lot of dumb ideas that nobody watched. It had not yet hit yet, the reality craze, I guess. Interesting. I wonder what turned Kardashians weren't out then, I think. Probably not. All the reality shows were all competition-based. But bad competitions. With my usual excitement, I will just say congratulations on winning the game, rank the ratings. Brian, why don't you tell us what to expect next week when we <laughs> cover the previous episode? It's season 10, episode 11, Door Jam. Marty runs amok, smearing eerie warnings on everyone's doors. Smearing? Smearing. He's smearing some j- what does that mean? He's smearing some jam on everyone's door. It's jam. Yeah. Oh, that's strange behavior even for Marty. Not that strange for Marty, the fascist. I actually think Ryan's getting better in his predictions. I mean, none of them are ever come true. I said, you mean more, <laughs> more accurate or uh, just better at saying them? Better at saying them. Knowing the kind of punning that the Frasier writers do with the episode titles, the idea that they have the phrase door jam and it's going to be about literal jelly is on par with the show. Yeah, I usually do get the, the idea wrong. Like, I'm not even in the ballpark. I think we're. I think we're here. I will be very shocked if some preservatives don't show up this episode. <laughs> well, if they do, we're going to find out about it next week. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme music, and thank you to Sneha for joining us. Yay! Sneha, thank you for having me. What a great! I had such a good time catching up and just throwing my wisdom on Frasier. Genuine wisdom. On True show. and genuine. For like a real minute, you really sold me on the show. <laughs> Those of you listening, uh, we don't need your pity and we don't need your clicks. So stay away from our socials at Reverse Psych Pod and don't you dare email us at reversepsychpod at gmail.com. For myself, for Ryan, for Brad, and for Sneha, Curtis evacuated the apartment. Well, also joining us today is a very special guest. It's Sneha Kogan. Nice high beam, Sneha. Hey, hey. Us. Welcome to the show. How, wow, how, that, was uh, that was a dull reception. We were busy reacting to Curtis's horrible joke. I think there should be a redo. Let's redo. We want to redo. Curtis, a mulligan. I know you don't know what a mulligan is, but in golf, that means you try again and you pretend the first mm-hmm. time didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I Please reintroduce I, me. Reintroduce I, I, me. Reintroduce I, Sneha. I pretend that all of these never happened. <laughs> also joining us today is a very special guest. It's Sneha Kogan. Woo-hoo! There we go.